Thank you for coming. All of the visitors, thank you. That's a great blessing to the church and uh, encourages Brother Nicky and me too. It's good to see every one of you. And uh, don't forget now, we'll begin tomorrow with morning services. At what time, Brother? 11 o'clock. Okay, and if you can come, if you'd like to be in on preaching, uh, we're going to do it for the school, but of course, you all are welcome. And uh, if you'd like to come, we'd sure uh, like to have you. Please do that. And uh, we'll do it uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Brother Mickey said. And so uh, you help us pray. We'll know what to do and, and do just exactly what the Lord wants. I'm grateful for the work that God's given us both in the prisons and in the public schools. The public schools have a real problem with those teenagers that have been expelled from school and cannot attend public school any longer of any kind, not the regular school, not the alternate schools or the day schools. They've been put out. And to those kids that have been put out of school, <clears throat> they cause an awful lot of crime, a lot of sin. They have nothing to do. They have no skills. Many of them barely read. And uh, the government has come up with a cadet school. It's uh, run by the National Guard. It's kind of like a boot camp, except they can get a GED and they can uh, even get a high school diploma. Classes are usually about 166 kids and uh, they have physical and mental things that they must conquer. And then they've asked the Rock of Ages, would we come and teach them character? how to have character, uh, how to keep from stealing just because nobody's looking. Uh, what is it? And uh, down in Florida is one such class. It's called a cadet school, 166 kids. And uh, we did the class first there, and uh, we were amazed at the attendance and not only in numbers, but also how they paid attention and listened and learned from it. And uh, we're grateful to be a part. There are 29 of them across America right now. And uh, I'd ask you if, you, if the Lord speaks to you, pray about it. Florida is the number one cadet school in the nation right now. They have a perfect, a perfect uh, a number perfect score as far as the kids finishing school so far they guarantee them 100 percent that they'll that they'll place them on a job it's a guarantee to them and uh, right now every class that is graduated of course the whole the 166 won't graduate but all that have graduated have either gone into the military have gone on to another school, maybe college, maybe a vocational school, or they've gone to work. A perfect score. And uh, other states are trying to copy it. It is done by the National Guard. 
Many of the National Guardsmen have education, you know, they're teachers already, so that's how it's working. We're glad to be a part. What I'd like to do is do a good job for them and uh, then see the invitation come to the other 28 schools so that I can contact pastors, Brother Way, and others that are near to it and get you to go in there every week and uh, build a relationship with those kids. It really is a needy thing uh, that to keep those kids that can't go to, no longer go to school, to keep them from laying in the bed and running around all night and doing all manner of wickedness. So you pray for us so far. The classes have been going good. They've been growing every day or every week. Our part is voluntary. They can't make them take religious education, but they can sign up for it. And the class has been growing and growing. We're over a third. We were at a third of the class the very first day. So I'm thankful for it. I wanted to tell you that. Pray for us. I'd like to see you men. There's no way we can possibly do all of them. But there are pastors, and pastors have help. And that's what we rely on in the prisons. Why not in the cadet schools? Well, tonight in your Bible, this will be an easy text for you. The book of Genesis, chapter 3. Would you turn there with me? The book of Genesis, chapter 3. Uh, it seemed like the last few weeks, if not months, Judy and I have been uh, in a warfare. I'm not saying it's as great as yours, but uh, we certainly have been uh, in a warfare, and this morning, uh, while I was praying about you and tonight and all, the Lord laid in my heart an old message that I haven't preached in a long, long time, and he reminded me this morning, and it's helped me all day. Can I say that? It's just helped me all day. I want to preach tonight, head-busting, runs in my family. Maybe the devil's been kicking you around. He does that, you know. He'll kick you around, stomp you, get on top of you, and not leave you alone, hardly let you catch your breath until he's on you again. And he'll just stay on you and stay on you until you're absolutely stomped down and defeated. But you see, God knew he was going to do that. So he provided us with a warfare, and uh, we've got to fight back. I, I know, not trying to get you on my side, but personally, I'm from Mr. Bush. As long as you're hunting that guy over in Afghanistan, he ain't over here. You can't get much damage done in a cave, amen. And, uh, I'm sure he has to come out to go to the bathroom. You can't just live in a cave, you know. And I hope they see him coming out to go to the bathroom. And Well, what will be, will be, right? Matt, what will be, will be. Blow, his, uh, blow, uh, blow him up, you know. 
is kind of what I'm thinking. You know, before we even started this morning, man, it it just jumped on top of us, you know. And uh, I've just been thinking all day, head-busting runs in my family. I tell you, I kind of forgot it, except uh, every time I'd think about it, it'd bring a smile, and it just make me uh, take another cut at the devil and go on and do what he didn't want me to do, go pray right in the midst of it all, stop, just stop and go pray, and things like that. And um, I want to preach tonight on the head busting runs in my family. The old preacher whom I heard first mention this message, he never did preach it. That night we were in a camp meeting. It was Dr. Ralph Sexton Sr. He's in heaven now from Asheville, North Carolina. And he got up to preach that night, and he took the text that I'm going to read to you, and he told us what he was going to preach. And uh, he started, and... uh, the Lord settled in. And we just went to the altar and shouted it out and sang, and some ran. Ran? That's like run? Some ran. If you want to say run, do it your way. Some run around and around and around and around. And it got on. Can I say it like that? Somebody said it got so foggy they had to have a CNI dog to get out of the auditorium that night. But I never had forgot the text. I carried it around. I guess Judy would have to tell me, but I carried it for a year, maybe two years, talked about it to Judy and talked about it, what I thought about it, head-busting runs in my family. And uh, finally... The Lord let me get it together. And uh, occasionally, not often, but occasionally, and today the Lord seemed to say about you, don't you know, the old devil's working on the people too. Why don't you remind them tonight there's a warfare and what you have to do and what it's all about. And even into the New Testament it is. And so tonight, Let's come to Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, and then we'll be ready to start. Verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Heavenly Father, thank you for the songs, the praying, just exactly. I know that thou art here and your grace is abundant. May we just just bathe ourselves in Jesus tonight. Just be filled with him. Just exalt him. 
God be with us tonight, if it would please you. Lord, the people that have been battered down the most, lift them tonight, Father. Love lifted me. Lift them up tonight. And we'll give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Notice God told us in verse 15 that there was going to be a continuous warfare. I will put enmity between thee and the woman. There's going to be a warfare. Grow not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. If you're in a warfare, rejoice in it. It means you're going in the right direction. If you're having trouble with some personal sin, rejoice that you're having trouble with it because there was a time when you didn't even think it was sin. But it was the new birth that woke you up and said, God hates that. That's not right. You've been excusing it, but God hates it. And he wants it stopped. Maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's cursing. I don't know what it is. But if you're saved, I guarantee you, there's a warfare between you and the devil if you're determined to live for God and walk in the light as he is in the light, there's going to be a warfare. There's not going to be any compromise. You can forget it. God's not going to compromise with the devil. He ain't going to cut him no slack. And the devil's not going to cut him no slack neither. And I want to tell you, every time you get to thinking about maybe you could ease up and compromise a little bit, I tell you, it's always God that gets a black mark on His name. It's God that you're compromising. You're not compromising the devil. He's as rotten and at the bottom as you can get. He ain't got no further down to go. He's just plumb bad. As they say, clean to the core. It's God that always, uh, we compromise, we leave up on the dress standards or whatever it is, or on the music standards, or we let a Sunday school teacher use an AID or a PPP or a QWXYZ, uh, uh, you know, some abomination, and you don't jump or hide because her husband's a deacon and all that stuff, you know. Well, it's God that you're compromising. It ain't the devil. And you ought to realize that. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a warfare to God brings an end to it. And God is going to bring an end to it. But you can't get in this new, uh, this last days, this new Testament age and say, oh, well, I think all that Old Testament warfare I, I, I don't even see how David could kill all those people. He could have made friends with that giant if he'd have just went towards him with his hand out. Oh, buddy, you ought to park in the handicapped spot, and I'll write you a note to give you permission, because you need to do it. Shake hands with a giant. 
you know, anybody shakes hands with a giant, it's like this. What? Boom! What? Boom! What? Boom! Shake hands with a giant. You must have went to the University of Tennessee down the street, I mean Texas, down the street here. No matter, same outfit. God said, look out for the warfare. Did you hear that, Rosemary? I can't make it easy on you. Wasn't easy on me and Judy. When I walked in the house November the 15th, 1963, and said, we quit smoking. She said, why me? I said, because I said so, that's why. Man, I like the Bible. I was in charge. Got all our cigarettes together and took them over and gave them to her neighbor. Cigarettes were expensive. Two dollars for a carton. And, and, and it were expensive. You couldn't just throw them away. So we gave them to our neighbor. And uh, I, I'm telling you, it was a warfare. Can I tell you that? It really was. But hallelujah, thank God for the warfare. It was all part of growing. It was all part of doing what God wanted with our lives. And Judy was cooperative after that. And I thank the Lord for it. And I love her for it too. There's going to be a warfare. Now look what he said. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head. That it right there is the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the angel said, The holy thing that shall be born of thee. That holy thing. It's hard to describe the Son of God. I guess you just have to call him Emmanuel. Right? Just have to call him Emmanuel, God with us. Do you know, if you bruise a serpent's head, it's a death blow. It's a death blow. That's why he always tries to protect his head. If you start a war with a snake, he'll go for the wall to get back against the edge of it. He's going to do the... He knows you're not after his tail. He read the Bible. He knows you're after his head. And, and God said that's how it's going to be. If you want to kill a serpent, do something to his head. Make it flat, kind of like a pancake. And, and you will have one. And the snake knows that. Now notice this. And thou, the devil shall bruise his heel. He did that to Christ on the cross. Thou shalt bruise his heel. A, a, a bruise in the heel compared to smashing the head. Now you ought to be smart enough to figure this out. Who's going to win in the end? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first time some of you laughed in a week, you little downtown. You need it. You've been watching television. 
And when you ain't watching television, you're laying around soaking in your problems and so forth. You have fit. Good for you to come to church tonight. Hey, abide in the heel or a... Who's going to win? You already know it, and we're only in Genesis 3. Can God change? God can't change. Is the devil going to lose? Nod your head up and down. And all of you that are living for him, the devil, you're going to lose too. How, loser? How you like that? Hello, loser. Glad you're here tonight, loser. If you had changed sides, you could be on the winning side. You could be on the winning side. I want to show you tonight in that verse, and we'll get to it tonight. Notice God divided all mankind into two teams. First of all, the headbusters. Thou shalt, it shall bruise thy head. Headbusted. Headbusters. Not headbursters. You, you don't go out to burst heads. You go out to bust heads. Headbusted. Headbusters. I, I, I know when I went to school, you couldn't use the word bust. You had to say the balloon burst. And everything burst. When I was in a college and I got down a dictionary, I ain't a kidding you, that booker was that fat. It never had heard of Weight Watchers. And I opened it up and looked for busters. And it was there. It's a good word. See, I was right all the time when I was in elementary school. It was the teachers that were wrong. Listen to what that dictionary said. It said if you used to be an Enron executive and now you're in prison, you could say you'd been... It said, second of all, if you used to be a wild bronco stomping around and bowing up your back and now you wear a saddle, you've been busted. It said if you're a Baptist preacher, look in your wallet and you can say, I'm busted. It said if you used to be a sergeant and now you're a buck private, you've been busted. It's a good word. It was in the college dictionary. It's the teachers that don't know their stuff. I always knew that. I told my mother that so many times. It ain't me, Mom. Them teachers are just wacko. He divided them into headbusters and heel biters. The entire world. Boy, I'm telling you right off, old Cain, he chose to be a heel biter. And he jumped on Abel. You remember that? But it didn't win. 
God just brought forth Seth, didn't he? And it went right on, didn't it? Head busting and heel biters. Everybody. Now, if you're lost tonight, you're a heel biter. Oh, maybe you talk about the pastor. You, you go tell your friends, well, he took up two offerings. That really hurt Brother Mickey. He got the money, and you just got to complain. <laughs> Would you believe it? We was there tonight 9.30. They got a preacher there that don't know when to stop. While I sleep peaceably, you're having frightful dreams. Huh? Say amen right there. Why don't you say songs, you outfit? You've been a heel biter long enough. Some of you women, you're a heel biter. And man, you don't even have to be close to the heel you bite. Long as your tongue is, man, old days, you can bite people afar off. Not an outlaw cell phones to women. It was your husband that told me to say that. And the whole world is divided between head busting and heel biters. Now let me show you that tonight, please. Come in your Bible to the book of Judges. In the book of Judges is the, one of the first head busters that you can find in the Bible. I want to say to you right off, all of our forefathers were head busters. Now come to the book of Judges, chapter 4, would you? And I want to show you, and by the way, this happens to be a lady, okay, wives, okay? There's a battle to be fought for your husband, for your children. Not long ago, a Christian man, in fact, he's a preacher, and his wife, and she's been so sick, and Judy and I were visiting them. And I heard the sister look over at him and say, we're not going to let this thing win. We're going to pray until God brings healing. We're going to pray. Boy, that sounds good to me. I remember one time being real sick, and it looked like I was going to have to come off the road. But Judy sent me a note that said, Hon, don't worry about it. We faced everything together. We'll face this together too. Boy, that encouraged me. What a wife, amen. What a wife. She didn't, uh, she didn't uh, send in a, uh, her resume to E. Dot Harmony. Checking to see what I need to preach on. That's all. She'd have sent that in to eat that. I guarantee you wouldn't have made it to the mailbox. Are you listening to me? But I'm glad I got a head buster for the wife. Hey, ladies, are you ready? You go to the psychologist and lay on his, on, on his 
couch and he puts a heating pad on your head and turns it up high, hopeful that something will hatch or do something like that. Why don't you get into warfare? You don't need half them pills you take if you just start fighting back. Fight back! It feels good to fight back! I don't care what Jezebel Clinton says. It feels good to fight back. It feels good. That's what's wrong with you. You don't fight and you're defeated. Watch this lady. There's a warfare when you come to Judges 4 and God is on the side of Israel and the stars themselves are fighting against a man named Sisera. And uh, God, of course, won. And Sisera, he decides it's time to turn coward and run. Look in verse 15. And the Lord discomforted Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak. Drop down to verse 17. Howbeit Sisera, he was the leader of the headbiters, fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. That is, she pulled the rug back and said, Lay under here. And he lay under the rug. And she said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. I can see she covered him. She sang, Rock-a-bye, baby, under the rug. Rock-a-bye, baby, under the rug. Again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire thee and say, Is there any man here? Thou shalt say no. Watch this. Sweet little J.L. Bless her heart. Then J.L., Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him she didn't want him to wake him up. And smote the nail into his temples and fastened it to the ground. Notice temples is plural. She went in one side and came out the other. And that old girl kept on a hit. Pow, pow, pow. Can you imagine when he woke up? Son, he was fast and down. I told you head busting runs in my family. Did I tell you that? Everywhere in the Bible, you've got to be a head buster. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. See, she waited till he was asleep and weary. Look at them last three words. Best three words that have been said about a heel biter. So he died. 
And look over in chapter 5 just a minute. They wrote a song about her. Uh, she was running for Woman of the Year on Newsweek, but uh, that bunch of liberals put in Jezebel Clinton. So, so uh, JL didn't get it, but they wrote a song about her, and here it is in Judges 5, verse 24. Blessed above women shall JL, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, be. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer, and with the hammer she smote Sisera. She smote off his head. It was that last blow. That last blow was just too much. She shouldn't have hit him that many times. When she had pierced and stricken through his temples. Now here's the chorus, verse 27. You should sing verse 27 after each verse. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he laid down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. That's the chorus. Head bust and runs. Now look at you. You enjoyed that, didn't you? Sure you did. Made you happy, didn't it? And you ladies, it was the first one I showed you. A woman. You don't have to go to pieces. Fight back. And runs in my family. Come with me. God watched his people, and I can only touch on a few. But come with me to First Samuel. One day God got to looking. His people were having so much fun busting heads. They were just enjoying it till God said, You know, I think I'll bust some heads. It looks like so much fun. The next time you go to your analyst, just tell her, I'm going to be a headbuster. She'll send you away for a rest. And that'd be good. Your husband would have to work, cook, wash, vacuum. He'd have to do it all. Wouldn't that be great, ladies? And think if you could win people to the Lord up there in that headbusting ward. So you look at me like I'm dumb. You ain't never gonna be sane till you get in the battle. The devil ain't gonna leave you alone. He's gonna try every trick he knows to get you, get your kids, get your husband. He's gonna do it. You gotta fight back. If you've got to take Geritol, do it. If you've got to take six multi-day vitamins, do it. If you've got to wear a patch here and another here, one under here, and one down here on your belly, of course. You're a patch, there a patch, everywhere a patch patch. 
You know, I don't know how you understand which one is your nicotine patch, which one is your diet patch, which one is your seven-day deodorant pad, and which one's that other one. You know that other one. Why, Judy come to bed wearing all them patches? I don't know what I'd do. I'd feel sorry for her. What'd you do, woman? Did the can opener get away from you? What in the world happened to you? Were you playing with one of my knives? Leave my knives alone, woman. You don't know nothing about knives. I don't see how you can tell. Well, God watched the headbusters. And in 1 Samuel 5, oh, I love this. God's going to be the headbuster. And the Philistines took the ark of God. Can I just stop right here and say to you, Philistines are so dumb. They are. Watch. Watch. And the Philistines took the ark of God. They ought not to have done that. Bad, bad, bad. Dumb, dumb, dumb. And brought it from Ebenezer unto Oshdat. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Dagon was a Philistine idol. He was several stories high. He, he was part man and, and part fish. And, and uh, he, from the chest up, he, he was a man, a big man. A man with a chest and big old arms, kind of like that Schwarzer, whatever his name is, out in California. And from the waist down, he was a fish. And he balanced on his tail. And he stood several stories high. It was the national temple for this God. And they put this little ark, the ark of the living God, right in front of it. Now you watch what happened. And when they have asked God, uh, well, I better back up and read verse 2. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they have asked God, rose early on the morrow, Behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. <laughs> I told you who's going to win. I told you Philistines are so dumb. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. You know, if, if idols could talk, Dagon would have been saying, No, 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 no. I don't want to stand up. Would you quit making me stand up? He knew better than to stand up in front of the ark. But Philistines are so dumb. Notice what happened. In verse 4, And when they rose up early on the morning, Behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon, and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump 
of Dagon was left to him. God did that. God came by and said to that dumb idol, didn't I lay you down last night? Why didn't you stay there? Idols can't talk, but if they could have talked, he'd have been saying, Philistines are so dumb. They got that block and tackle and stood me up. I don't want to stand up honest. And God backhanded him. And his head was just like a basketball. Out across the threshold. And there he was. Head busting runs in my face. Hurry up. I'm trying to get done tonight, and you keep making me later. Look at 1 Samuel 17. Oh, I just love head-busting runs in my family. I feel better just thinking about it today. Didn't matter how grouchy Judy got, I just grinned and said, head-busting runs in my family, woman. You ought to try that. Jose, maybe that would work for you. Especially if you'd say please. Jose, don't act like I can't see you. I know you're back there. Head busting. Hurry up. Come on. i got to get over to the end. I want to get on the third point tonight. Look at you. You're actually enjoying being in church on Monday night. Get them offering plates. Now's the time to take an offering. They look so peaked when you took up that offering, me and you won't even be able to go to Burger King. You know why you don't give? You're all stove up. You know why you wives gripe because he wants to give more? You're stove up, lady. You ought to bust a head or two. That's why you're lacking faith. Head busting runs in our family. Come on, hurry up. I'm trying to get to the New Testament. In 1 Samuel 17 is the story about Goliath. And when you read about him in verse 5, notice the first piece of his armament that the Holy Spirit tells us. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. You know why that's first? Because heel biters know they're after our head. They always try to get our head. And when he was born, he weighed uh, 125 pounds when he come out of the womb. And, uh, and, uh, and his mother said, now, you've got to wear your helmet anytime you go out. Because that bad man, David, and his mighty men are always trying to bust our head. Wear your helmet. Man, he's just a wee little boy. Everywhere he went, he had this brass. Really, he didn't have any neck because when he was little, that brass helmet pushed his head down into his shoulder. Kind of like this, you know. When he went to school, the two teachers said, Goliath, take your helmet off. 
He said, no, ma'am. David's trying to take my head off. And Mama said, I've got to wear my helmet everywhere I go. There he sat in school. Like that. Well, come to the first Samuel 17 again. How many of you know what's going to happen today? Didn't I tell you Philistines are so dumb? Let me show you that. Hurry up. Turn over one page in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And, and let me just find the exact place. In verse uh, 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. That David hasted and ran toward the enemy the army, to meet the Philistine. What am I trying to say to you tonight about charging? Charge! Don't get in your wimpy mode. And then you call your wimpy friend and you whine to her and then the two of you whine to some other poor friend. Things get rough at home, call your husband on the cell phone and just say one word. Charge! You say, God bless you, Lord. She's at it again. Let her get it out of her system before I get home. Head busted lungs and I look at you. Just the thought of victory. Some of you are as deep and dead as you've ever been, but at least you're fixing to charge it tonight, ain't you? And I don't mean put it down and give it that stuff. I mean go after it. It's a devil that's defeating you about being in debt all the time. You ought to charge at that thing. You ought to face it like an enemy that's trying to kill you. I remember Dr. Vineyard telling about being over with Brother Tom in, in uh, the Ivory Coast. You remember that, Brother Way? And, and the little dog kept barking and barking and barking after church on Sunday. And Brother Vineyard went out to see what it was barking at. And here was a cobra coiled up right by the door, had his head up ready to strike that little dog. Do you think that brother Vineyard said, Well, dog, it's been nice knowing you. So he went in, got a broomstick, and taped a knife to it, and went out there and took that cobra on. And guess who won? The cobra didn't crawl off and say, Oh, my tail, my tail, my tail. Oh, that hurts so bad on my tail. No, he never said nothing. No more. He got his head smashed. See? Well, there stood Goliath, and he had his helmet on, just like Mama said. And he's looking at them slats, you know, them little slats. And he saw this little boy running toward him. Nobody ever ran at Goliath. Everybody ran the other way. Everybody he ever stuck with his spear went in the back and came out the front. And here comes this guy running at him. 
so Philistines are so dumb. He pushed his visor up so he could see better. Dumb, dumb, dumb. As soon as he did that, old David wound up. <laughs> and did you notice he didn't fall over backwards? That's because God was standing behind Goliath. And when the rock was coming like this, God was going like this. <laughs> you know why it sunk into his head? Because God said, BAM! And he went down on his face. He didn't go backwards like he should have. Because God busted his head for him. And look what David did. Look what David did. Oh, boy. In verse 49, and David put his hand in the bag and took a bunch of stone and slang it and smoked a Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. See, David knows we're headbusters. My job ain't done yet. So David ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, his own sword. Oh, boy. And drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. Ain't that good, girls? Ain't that good? Wouldn't you like to be married to David? He didn't bring a little Bambi doe home to put above the fireplace. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Notice he took it home, verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in his tent. He took his head home. How'd you like to be married to David, ladies? You know why your husband, your wife, don't pay much attention to you? She keeps looking at that doe head hanging on the wall. That's all you've ever shot. And you shot him with a gun big enough to kill an elephant. Or want anything to eat because you blowed his hind end smack off. No wonder she don't have no respect for you. Why don't you go kill a giant, mister? Are you looking at me? Why don't you go kill a giant? So when you come home, your wife would go, oh, 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 oh. You know, if you brought a giant's head in and slammed it up against the wall, your mother-in-law would go, oh, oh, oh. You don't fight. Your wife knows you've got a yellow streak down your back six inches wide. You sit around the house and wimp. You don't even try that word. You didn't like it yesterday. Let's try it again. W-O-R-K. Let's try. I tried to get you to say work yesterday, and most of you looked at me like a Catholic and That's why your wife don't respect you, you outfit. I wouldn't respect you either. 
If I worked and you didn't, I'd fill the refrigerator up and put a chain around it, lock it, and say you can get your own groceries. Them in there belong to me. Some of you men lay around the house because she will work. But if you spent three days with me, the tables would turn. You understand that, lady? Say amen right there. Headbusting runs in my family. All of our forefathers were headbusters. He didn't, he didn't swing that stone at Goliath's kneecap. He didn't say, I'm going to kneecap you. He said, I'm bust your head. Well, come to the New Testament. What head are you allowed to bust in the New Testament? Boy, when I read this, I thought, oh, surely we'd be able to bust deacons. <laughs> Long-tongued women. Uh, but that's, guess that's why it took me so long to preach a message. I, God wouldn't let me say them kind of things because I had good deacons. <laughs> yeah, so he wouldn't let me preach that. But anyhow, here's the head you got to bust in the New Testament. You ready? Come on, I like this. Look in Ephesians chapter 4 with me, okay? Here's the head you got to bust that you put off in verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old manner of life. Now that's what your old flesh doesn't want you to do. Your old flesh likes you to be a big mouth, a loud mouth woman. That they could hear a half a block away. Your flesh likes that. And now that you've got saved, saved, Nod your head up and down. Saved. You're supposed to be quiet, submissive. You dig that, lady? Well, your old flesh don't like that. Your flesh wants you to keep right on being a, a bellering moose. Female moose, of course. But a moose. You ever hear a moose? Or whatever it is. You remember, you used to be that. But you're to put off the former manner of living. Notice what his name is. And this is the guy you've got to throw stones at. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. Do you know who's giving you the most trouble? The old man. The old man. The old man likes to be a gripey gut. The old man likes to feel sorry for himself. Poor me. Don't anyone do anything around this church but me. 
I just wish God get some other women that could help me. Why don't you stand behind my car when I leave tonight and I'll give you an adjustment. That's your old flesh. Are you listening to me? And the same way with you men, we are whiny too. And we know how to pity ourselves and feel sorry for ourselves. And hey men, I'm looking in your God-given eyeball. We know how to excuse ourselves. Well, I'm just big-boned. All of my family's been this way. Huh? Well, I'm going to quit smoking, but right now we're really going through some trials, and this ain't the time to start quitting smoking. Wrong. This is time to do it. You hear me? I tell you, you have to throw stones at. It ain't the deacon. It ain't your mother-in-law. It ain't none of them. It's you. Throw them at yourself. The old man's always making suggestions, and everything about him is rotten to the core. Look in Galatians chapter 5. I'm a god to. I enjoy preaching. I like it. And since I've been married 46 years, I ain't as afraid of ugly looks. I get so many of them, but I just keep right on going. Some of you women, you were telling me that's enough of being on us, dear ladies. I don't even feel nervous. Look in Galatians chapter 5. You want to pet the old man? Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery. What about that? 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 If you don't bust the head of the old man about eyeballing other women, you're going to end up in trouble, boys. In big sin. Can I tell you that? And you say, well, how do you throw stones at the old man? Well, I don't know how you do it, but here's how I do it. Every time that old man sticks his ugly head up and starts making suggestions, I always say to myself, and sometimes if it's really a, a really a powerful suggestion, and I know it's wrong, I'll say it out loud, but I always say, No! Dear Heavenly Father, please help me now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to see you work tonight. So make my heart pure by the blood of Jesus Christ. When's the last time you told yourself no? Well, some of you parents are proud about telling the kids no. No! Well, why don't you try it on yourself, Jack? I'm looking at you. You men putting your head down now. You don't want to look up. When I was on them women, boy, you was back there. That's why some of you didn't bring your wives. And when they say, what did he preach? You'll say, I can't remember. <laughs> When's the last time you told yourself no? I tell you, if you don't tell yourself no, and that's like slinging a stone at the old man. If you don't do that, 
The old man will run your life. And you know what that will do? Number one, it's going to keep you from bearing fruit. And number two, it's going to give you wood, hay, and stubble when you stand before Christ. You're going to pay for it down here. You're going to pay for it up there. You mark that down. I know we're saved. I know we're going to heaven. Amen. Amen. But we're talking about God giving us something we can lay at the feet of Jesus. And he is giving it to people who let the old man, the old conversation run their life. I'll read the whole list just because you don't want me to. Not the works of the flesh of the old man by people who don't tell him no. People who don't throw stones at him. People that say, well, I shouldn't have this dessert. It ain't good for my diabetes. Well, why are you eating it then, hot shot? Hmm? I'm looking at you. Well, my doctor won't never know. No, but the flesh will know. And the very next time, the flesh will see a dessert and say, There, there, how about that? How about that? Do you remember, Samson? Get me that Philistine girl. And Daddy tried to reason with him. Are there no girls in the nation of Israel? I want her. What was that? The old man. Flesh. It's about like some of you 45-year-old men that go trying to slip around with some 20-year-old girl. What is that? That's the old man. You listening to me? Come on, I'm going to try to read. But I ain't even want the preachies, but it don't bother me to do it. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. That's, that's lasciviousness means without shame. Miss Judy and Joanne saw some, I don't know what you call it. He had on pink, short, Shorts, all the way up here in the crack of his legs. He had his legs shaved. He had on women's uh, platform shoes. His toenails were painted pink. Sometimes I think it would be okay if you just helped him to get out of his misery. You don't like living in that body. You say I said that out of the night. Man. And that was right here in Dallas. Going in the Walmart. Without shame. Without shame. Read on. Idolatry, that, that word in the Greek means TV. 
football games. Witchcraft, hatred. Absolutely, if some of you people didn't hate somebody, I don't know, you don't have any other kind of like emotion inside of you. Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies. Whoa, there you go. Envies. Well, she got a new gun. Well, why can't I have a new gun? And she got a new truck. We need a new truck. We need a new truck. I want a new truck. I want a new truck. You hear me? I want a new truck. Well, I surely hope you get the new truck before you get the new gun, because if you was doing that to me, I might try out your new gun. <laughs> I could always say, whoops. I'm telling you, we're a mess. We're not like my God giving our ball. We need a Be ye holy, for I am the Lord thy God am holy. Most people in the church don't know anything about holiness. They think it belongs on the sign out front. And you'll never live righteously until you learn to throw stones at the old man. Do you know if you start slapping the old man around? I didn't say your wife. Some of you men are good about that. But one of these days, brother, brother, brother hollers is going to put on her dress and a wig. And when you slap him, it'll be lights out. <laughs> Boom! Nail your stinking hide. Somebody say, I've got an anger problem. That's because she ain't nailed you with a frying pan in a long time. anger. Do you notice your anger is always taken out on a little hundred pound woman? Taken out on your kids. And it's something me getting angry at Gloria. What's she going to do about it? When were you ever angry at yourself? Oh, Judy and I smoked. I told you about Judy. Well, let me tell you the truth. I smoked a long time when I got saved. I was 24 years old. And I told the Lord, I can't do it. It's sin, and I can't break it. It's sin. I'll go around saying... My anger is a bad habit. No, it's a stinking low-down sin. It's just like adultery. Adultery will tear up your house and so will anger. Why don't you call it sin? Call it sin. Jesus didn't die for bad habits. He died for sins. And he can wash you clean and he wants to deliver you. I'm trying to read this list. Every time I see one of them, it just seems like there's more preaching ought to be done. Envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
You're not a shield biter anymore. You've been born again. Jesus said, come over here on my side of the field. <laughs> you can be a winner. You can be a winner. You can be a winner. Hey, Rosemary, you can be a winner. Well, that's the first time I've seen you smile since I've known you. It's just been two days. Look at you. You're smiling, Rosemary. It's pretty good to be a headbuster, ain't it? <laughs> Woo! And some of you say, well, I just can't bust my head. Well, ask your wife to do it. Every time she thinks your mind might be drifting or you're lingering too long, you're the only one that operates the channel changer. Remember, you take it along to the bathroom with you so nobody can change the channel. And when she sees you lingering too long on something that ain't right, she could bust you. Why ain't you laughing now, hotshot? Nah, I quit smoking by screaming no at myself. No! And then immediately call on God. Call on the Lord. Tell him, oh God, help me now. And he will. You and I can be clean of mind. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Sure you can. And you don't have to blow off steam like an old locomotive. But you're going to have to fight. The old flesh got you buffaloed. The old flesh has got you so locked up. You're his. He could say in the middle of the night, fudge sickle. Fudge sickle. Fudge sickle. And you'd be up rooting through the freezer. Fudge sickle. Fudge sickle. Fudge sickle. Fudge sickle. Fudge sickle. Why don't you scream no at the old man? I won't embarrass you. But I'm asking you, don't you raise your hand. How long has it been since you threw a stone at the old man and busted his head good and then immediately called out to Jesus for strength? You ready? And I'm done tonight. I know I've been a while. But then your television don't usually go off by nine. But if you say one word to me about it, I'm going to pray the next time your TV's on past 9.30, God blows the guts out of you. Televisions don't explode, they implode. I hope it sucks you in. Where'd he go, Mama? I think on Channel 3. Hurry up, I'm closing. Our forefathers were headbusters. How many of you say you're right, preacher? We've got to bust that old man. 
Yes, sir. You got to do it. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. And by the grace of God, we can do it. We're not going to have any excuse when we see Him. He's going to say to you, you were scared to give a track. But if you'd have just known that was just the old self trying to protect itself, keep itself from embarrassment. But if you'd have just asked me, Lord, make me bold. Make me bold for you. You could have won. You could have won. Are you ready? Shortly now, it won't be long. Come to the book of the Revelation, chapter 19. The headbuster of all headbusters is going to come. He's prophesied over there in Genesis 3.15. I won't take you back there, but he's going to come. The chief headbuster. The head headbuster. How can I say it? The big headbuster. David was just a little headbuster. But when Jesus comes, look in Genesis 19 and in verse 15, and we'll close, not with this scripture, but we'll go that way. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should, he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a, notice this, a rod of iron. What's he want with a rod of iron? A king always has a nice looking scepter, gold. But Jesus said, no, blacksmith, just make me a digging iron. You know what a digging iron is? Well, he didn't always have backhoes. Old-timey people had a long iron pipe. Uh, honestly, that thing would have been about that high. It was not a pipe. It was solid, sharpened at the bottom, flattened at the top where you could hit it with a big 16-pound sledgehammer. And you dug, you dug in hard ground. If you hit a rock, you, you went through it. And then you used the leverage to pry it out. Uh, then was, that was called, say it with me. Well, Sylvester, you ever see a digging iron? Big old digging iron. Jay, big old digging iron. Huh? Big old digging iron. That's what he's going to rule with. <laughs> know why? <laughs> he's the head buster. <laughs> I can just hear that UN say, we'll have a vote to see whether or not you can be our that's the end of that dude I can see a little Jezebel King saying wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute are you polite boom that'll be all for her won't it be wonderful there 
you get so excited with St. Lord, can I try it? Can I try it, please? Can I try it? Let me try I don't want to try Don't look at me like that, Lord. I'm just willing to try it if you'll let me. Head busting. He's ruling with a rod of iron. Look in your Bible in Revelation 2.27. Hey, listen. When he comes back and he reigns a thousand years, yes, the devil's going to be chained up and, and he won't be here. But I, but I want to tell you, the old flesh is going to be here. Not everybody's going to be saved in the millennium. And the old flesh is going to be active and alive. And even if there wasn't no devil, hey lady, you're bad enough way down inside your heart. It ain't no telling what you do. I meant to say, hey man, I was meant to talk to the men. But it slipped out, Brother George. Huh? I'm telling you, as good Judy got saved, I mean, she was mean, mean, mean. And, and, and I'm telling you, I'm glad she got saved. Don't you know, the flesh is still going to be around? Does your flesh want to cooperate with God? Does your flesh want to do what God wants it to do? No! It's going to have to be busted. And God lets you bust it now. But when He comes, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You ready? Revelation 2.27. Hey, lady, why don't you get saved? Why don't you quit being an old hellcat and get saved? Why don't you get on the altar tonight and get born again? It'll do you good. It'll give you a smile. And you could start out being a headbuster. Look at you, look at you, look at you. Every one of you, most of you, have a smile. You've enjoyed the night thinking about victory. Well, I ain't quite done. Come to Revelation 2.27. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessel of a potter shall they be broken. When he starts head-busting, it's going to look like somebody was target-shooting with clay pots. And it said, as a vessel of a potter, shall they be broken. Look at this. Two shivers. Two shivers. Shivers means little pieces. He's going to do such a good job that even them smart editors say, that didn't hurt. I'm going to get some super glue and I'll just put it back together. But it's hard to put all them little pieces back together. And look at this, look at this. Even as I received of my Father. Look at that, look at that. Even the Heavenly Father's looking forward to the time Jesus comes and reigns. Are you ready? Come to Revelation or Romans 16 and I'll be done tonight. I'll be done honest. Oh, I just had to preach. I needed it tonight. Woo, I've needed it. Me and Judy have needed it. I mean, that old devil's been giving me a fit. 
And uh, look in Romans 16, 20, and then I'll explain it will be done. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Remember over in Genesis, it shall bruise thy head. Shall bruise Satan, that is, so smashing that he'll be broken into shivers or pieces. And notice where them pieces are going to be. Under your feet shortly. See, look, in, in Bible days, if an, enemy, if an enemy was defeated, you made him lay down and you put your foot on his neck. And it meant he was absolutely defeated. And God's going to bust the serpent. And it won't be anything but shivers. You're more than conquerors. Here's how it's going to be. At least this is how I think it's going to be. If you want to think it's going to be some other way, well, that's your business. I don't care if you're wrong. <laughs> See, some of you, well, I can't tell what's truth and what ain't, but some of you act like you're great athletes. Me, I ain't never been one. I've never been on base. i never hit a ball. i never done anything. I, I just don't have any coordination. And besides that, I work. But I, I just... <laughs> See, that was a low blow. Slipped out. I never had a uniform on. I don't know how to put on uniform. I don't know how to put on pads, all that stuff. I don't know about that. I never done any of that. I never wore a team shirt. Nobody ever gave me one. Nobody ever wanted me on their team. But October the 13th, 1964, God chose me. Out of all the heel biters, he came to 22, 29, Wilkie Drive, Jacksonville, Florida, and saved Judy. Hallelujah. And then I said, well, I could use a little too. And I got in too like that. You know? Hey, 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 here's how it's going to be. You know, when he comes back on his white horse, we're going to come with him. And for the first time in my life, I'm going to be in uniform. I'm going to have a jersey. And it won't have a number on it. Embroidered in pure gold thread, it'll say, Headbuster. And back here, it'll say, Headbuster. And, and we're going to come back to earth. The Father will be there. He won't miss this for nothing. And uh, I think when He comes, we'll be in uniform. And the heavenly Father will say, let's play ball. Whenever we have a church picnic, we yeah. play ball. Yeah. Let's play ball. 
And the blessed Holy Spirit will say, I'll catch. And the Heavenly Father will say, I'll pitch. And Jesus said, I have this rod of iron. I wouldn't mind being up to bat if it's all right. And then he'll say to all of us, oh, all you headbusters, go on out in the field. Go on. Get, get on out in the field now. Get way out there now. Way out there. Get on out there now. Get out there. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We got a real batter up. It, it ain't one of them. Ain't one of them MFL WWW dudes. This is a real one. We'll be in the field, pure white, head busting. I'm gonna stick my tongue out, or all them people wouldn't let me be on their team. Then none of them want me. Never wanted me. Finally, one of them say, "Ah, oh, come on, gears." They'd read the batting order, so I never got the bat. Because I never did hit the ball. Well, that's okay. You ought to see me now. I can see the catcher squatted down behind the bag. And I know the blessed Holy Ghost, he's lived with me now 42 precious years. I call him. I don't ever speak about him or speak to him, but that I don't call it the blessed Holy Spirit. I know him. He's going to call for a fastball straight down the line. He ain't going to call for no sliders. God couldn't throw a curve if he had to. He ain't going to ain't going to throw a change-up. I don't know what that is, but he ain't going to do it. Because in him is no shadow nor turning. So you, he couldn't throw a change-up pitch. He ain't going to throw up. He ain't going to do it. And the Holy Ghost knows it. He's going to call for a fastball right down the line. And Jesus is there with his rod of iron. And uh, Somebody said, where's the ball? And the father said, I'll get it. And over on the sideline, stretched out, trying to hide, is the old serpent. And Jesus is going to go over, his father is, and get a hold of his tail. And I can hear when he gets a hold of his tail, the old serpent's going to say, no, no. No, 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 no. And he's going to roll him up and roll him up and roll him up and roll him up and roll him up. And his head will be on the outside. And the Heavenly Father will take him and kind of mold him a little bit. <laughs> you know, compress him. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. And, uh, and the blessed Holy Ghost will say, Batter up! Play ball! And the Heavenly Father's going to wind up. Shh! If you try to put your, your speedometer thing checker on it, he'll blow the guts out of it. Because that old 
serpent's going to come zinging down that line faster than anybody's ever threw a ball in all its life. And you know the sun ain't going to miss. Woo! And if he comes around with that rod of iron, how? And suddenly the sky will be filled with shivers of serpent. And we'll be standing out there. I know Judy, she won't try to catch hers. She won't just cover up her head. Ah! So they'll just fall. And guess what we'll do? You ought to hear us sing victory in Jesus in that day. Head busting runs in our family. We weren't meant to be losers, gripers, belly achers, slowful sluggards. We were meant to be conquerors. You know what you ought to do tonight? Especially you that ain't saved. You ought to get on the altar and get born again. Go to heaven with it. You'd look better on our team than you do on that other team. Hey, what'd that other team ever do for you? You've got more wrinkles in your face than oil of Olay could ever get out. That comes from hanging around with them heel biters. That's what got you all in scars. That terrible rumble looking at you. Say, oh, I could tell you I got down yet. I know you could tell me. Heel biters. But you ought to be a head buster. You can be. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, somehow I think that shiver of serpent, when we look at it, it falls right at our feet. You don't have to catch it, wifey. It'll fall right there. Do you know, I think when we see that shiver of serpent, we think about that besetting sin that defeated us so long. Victory in Jesus. Let's stand tonight, would you?